Hello everyone, this is Molly from the Casually Molly podcast, and I just wanted to introduce you to my new friends at The Natty Cat. This one is for all you cool cats and kittens who can't get enough of wordplay and fur babies. The Natty Cat's natural soy candles feature inventive scent combinations in glass jars with clever kitties on the labels. The scent of furry sweater weather takes holiday candles to a new level with a blend of eucalyptus, mint and pine, and a slightly disgruntled Persian sporting a red sweater. Because who doesn't want to dress up their cat? The Smoke and Puss features 007's cat counterpart, along with the flavors of orange blossom, cedar, and incense. Hand purred with locally sourced natural soy wax, the Natty Cat's candles, wood wicks, create a cozy fireside crackling sound, perfect for curling up on the couch. Thank you so much for tuning in, and remember to stay safe and look at the Natty Cat on Facebook and Instagram. Have you ever wanted to get your shit together? Scrap it, look through the lens and capture it But first world problems are getting you down Disabled, salty, need a laugh to fix that frown <laughs> Well you can do all those things and so much more Just grab a seat in the chair with the floor Sit back, relax, recline While she drops another casual line you're tuned into Casually Molly with Molly and Bergie. All right. Welcome back to the Casually Molly podcast. Uh, this is Molly, and I'm sitting with a good friend of mine, podcast extraordinaire, co- or <laughs> co-owner, co-founder of Midcoast Media. Which one are we going with? What title? It's your show. <laughs> it's your show, Molly. <laughs> Take the reins. Uh, I like it. Let's take it. We'll do uh I think that with Tina Deball we said you were a co-owner. So let's go with the fancy title. I say I always say that. I always say co-founder because it's just I uh, like that. It's whatever. Yeah. But yes, it's, mid, it's, mid-coast. it's whatever. <laughs> Midcoast Media <laughs> and like, we are live. Yep. Thanks. And we are live. It. Yeah. Awesome. Appreciate it. We're on to a really good start. But yeah, happy Friday, Chris. How are you doing? I'm sorry that I'm not with you in person right now. I know you're a quarter mile away and it feels like much, much more distance. But um, it's, yes, it's um, all right. I'm okay. <laughs> we can still, <laughs> I guess I can still work. Um, people need uh, virtual stuff. We're helping out a bunch of charities. That's cool. Um, oh, we're doing the social what charities distancing. are you working on? St. Louis Counseling Services, we always help them. Um, they're a great uh, mental health, um, I guess, yes. service, and they're doing virtual um, sessions with people. So we're able to help them oh, keep awesome. the keep the word out. And then uh, also we're working, uh, our company's working with the Pujols Foundation. Um, that's really okay. cool, selling t-shirts, yeah. As well mm-hmm. as the United States Bartenders Guild. We're uh, donating a bunch of stuff. Um, so if you buy this Support All Bartenders shirt, Every bit of the proceeds goes to the USBG, which is the United States Bartenders Guild. Uh, and there's like four or five more, but you you get the point. I love that. Well, I think this is really important to have like people paying it forward during this time, mm-hmm. for sure. So casually paying it forward, Denman, I love it. Not... Uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. What were you going to say? No, we, should, we have the capabilities and like there are still some semblances of business happening and if you can kind of be online, like, uh, like it's a weird feeling because it's almost like you feel guilty even being able to work. I don't know if you feel that at all as you stand alone yeah. in a hotel for eight hours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
But yeah, so we're, yeah. We're, we have a weird, unique kind of setup, even though we lost a ton of business um, with our publicity and promotional side um, of what we do. We help some comics out uh, on a like national scale, and then we have events and things like that. So it's weird, but we're recouping and re kind of just positioning all the stuff we're doing. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> Oh, right. I feel like that's the theme of 2020. We'll see what happens. Like, oh, that's like, sure. I, I'm like, please just take what's left with me. I don't even, I, I started out so strong this year. Like, I was so excited for January because I was like hosting for comics. And like, I was really feeling like I was getting to the on top of my game. And then everything was like shutting down. And you remember that it was a very slow scale where it's like, right, this event is canceled and like this is happening. But what I will attest to is that Chris has been pretty cool. You've had me on the uh, Bootleggers Trivia Night, which was super fun. Had you a did great, great time you, with that. You, you turned some heads <laughs> at that. They loved you. Absolutely. Oh, That's... it was fun. Well, I love. I actually love your funny story, Denman. Look at this. I didn't even realize this until I sat down at my desk. I have the, uh, the pre-show notes. I'm such a nerd. I printed them out. <laughs> Great and I'm work. like, oh, you know, well, then the thing is, I'll look at these things. And then when trivia happens, like I just did a trivia thing with the local comedian Rich Braun. And then Aaron Porter did it with us. And then Jamie Ward from World Series of Comedy. And the problem is, was, or the problem was that Aaron and I, Aaron's only like two years behind me. I'm 29 going on 30. And Rich is like, what actress in like 1975? And we're just like, wait, Who? what? <laughs> Oh, back so when they made movies to... four hours long and you, and like the pacing. When's the last time you watched, did, have you watched a movie from the 70s recently? No, not at all. That's why I didn't. Like <laughs> Somehow Rocky, I made it to the final round though. <laughs> Ro like Rocky was made in 1979 and won an Oscar. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it's like one of the best, like, you know, stories ever. Ugh, try yeah. and watch it now. You're like, what has happened? Like, what is the snooze fest? It's crazy. Cause I, I love it's that crazy. movie and. It, it's really just like a, a thing, but like, man, if you watch movies from the sixties, seventies, and I think, um, I think that's what Tarantino was trying to do with um, the what is it? Once upon a time in Hollywood, the pacing. Just I made just it really watched slow. that. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, that yeah. was weird. What did what did you think of that? So that's it. So Jimmy and I watched it, and he like loves. He like is a big fan of Tarantino. Same. So Obsessed. yeah, yes, he exactly. And I, you know, being in theater and film and doing that in college, I have an appreciation for it. And then Italian film is very similar in that regard because I took an Italian film class when I studied abroad, and you know, Fellini did the same kind of thing with like these long, like abstract choices, and you know. I told Jimmy, I was like, there's kind of a, um, I don't know if you kind of read the background of it, but it's loosely, or at least this article said it was kind of loosely based off of a actor and a uh, stuntman that had a really close relationship together. Mm -hmm. And then I forget the name of the actress who was Margot Robbie in it, but in real life, she died. Sharon and then, Tate. Yeah, yeah the, exactly. The Sharon Tate. There you go. See, Tate. I'm... 29 coming out. <laughs> it's the Tate LaBianca murders and the, yeah, Charlie Manson yeah. and all that stuff. But it's, uh, yeah. it was really just the film itself. Like, again, I'm obsessed with uh, like Inglorious Bastards and uh, obviously oh, all the other. I love that movie. So good. Mm -hmm. I was, it was really weird because Leo and Brad Pitt are so good and I, I love them. I felt like it was set up for everything for like to be made for me. And I was just like, Ah, I didn't, I didn't feel it. I, and it's weird really? because, yeah, it was weird because mm -hmm. 
I felt like I was uh, that movie was tailored to be like, hey, white dude who's into all this stuff, like here you go. And I just was not, I wasn't that into it. I feel really And here's about the that. white girl who like literally would be like, no. And I like loved every second of it. I loved at the end where, because at first I was like, oh my God, there's going to be like murder and stuff. But when, yeah. um, I won't get too much away for people who haven't seen it yet, but it was kind of great how uh, Leonardo DiCaprio handled some things at the end with the blowtorch. <laughs> like, and I was like, yeah. And of course, yeah. like the dog was great too. So I was like, of course, the dog's in this heroic um, um, role. But any time, I, I did a lot of like, I've seen a lot of shows about Charles Manson and I, I did like different reports in him and stuff. And it's it's just kind of crazy how his themes and stuff come up on different things. And it, I, I don't know, I keep forgetting like how, he, you know, you didn't have that security like you do today where you could just drive up to the Hollywood Hills and just see people you know like it's, it's kind of a crazy thing to think about and i'm no expert so i'm not gonna open up the wormhole but now like there's there's a new book out and there's a bunch of studies and all this stuff that like it wasn't that maybe that random and charles manson was uh there's so many ridiculous yeah. crazy things that are actually tied to it that are provable and whatever oh so. really oh wow we'll see that's gonna be our next episode tune in to when chris demon and i where we are live charles manson <laughs> yeah the title oh, <laughs> he's so like horrible. no so horrible yeah. i don't even want to think about it but um we've been watching a lot of movies obviously in quarantine is there one that you like the best that you've watched so far while you've been inside have you had time i know you've been essentially working as well so i've been working like honestly like 14 hour days like because i'll go mm -hmm. home and then i'll make dinner and then i'm like oh i guess i can work some more and we have some uh new business on the west coast and people on the west coast that are busy are like yeah let's talk at six i'm like that's eight <laughs> Yeah, that's, exactly. That's 8 o'clock, but you got to take the call. So um, so not that much, but I did start um, a series. Um, there's like a free Apple TV subscription. And um, what's the series? It's, uh, oh, The Morning Show. Have you <gasps> seen that? I want to see that. Yes, I love Reese and obviously Jennifer Aniston. How do you like it? It's fantastic. It's so good so okay. far. I'm only like halfway into it, but that's really good. And then... Um, I haven't really watched anything else like at all. That's okay. It's like here's what I you're do. Being productive. Yeah, <laughs> I come in. I'm usually here at our office studio. Like early, I go. I mess with my dogs. I wake up, mess with my dogs, do all that stuff, get things ready, come in here, and then like I, like spend like ten to twelve hours here, and then I end up working when I get home. But what I'll do for any sort of just like zone out is just like I just flip on a podcast or some music and just stand around and stare into the abyss and cook slowly for two hours and then go to sleep. Like, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I listened to um, the WTF podcast with Mark Marin a bunch. I've been Me really too. binging on that. And I will see, I'm such a fan of him. And so like, uh, it was that's why it was like a dream come true. I, when I saw him live in LA, it was a surprise. Like I didn't know he was going to be on the lineup. And they're like, Mark Marin is coming out. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> was that at the comedy store or where'd you see him? Yeah. It was at the That's comedy awesome. store. He's like, surprise, I'm here. And I was like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> he obviously didn't hear me, but I was just so excited. Like our whole table was like, she is obviously a fan. I just feel like he kind of understands how I feel about life and the way life works. So do you have some kind of crazy? <laughs> do you have some do you have some rage deep inside that uh that so that friendly posterior yeah, posterior that you exactly. put out? Well, you know what's so funny? I I feel like, you know, 
being in comedy and being with like everybody that's in the scene here and theater and everything, like I'm always so happy to be doing something artistically that I like doing. Or when I come to the studio, when I used to be able to walk in like <laughs> before these times, like I was always so happy to be there on a Saturday morning because it's something that I, I like to do. So right. it's more for when I'm around people who like, I know aren't doing something right, or I don't like the way they treat other people. Like my friends always joke, they were like, Molly is a really nice person, but she's also the friend to call when you want to hide a body. Uh, <laughs> They're like, oh. You're action oriented. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Like, obviously, you know, not going to pull a snap anytime soon here. But I just I always want to be there for people. And like, if that means sometimes I have to kind of pull out the big guns and do what I need to do and get to the right place morally, I guess is where I'm going with this. But enough about me and my, you know, morals and value system in quarantine, we could just talk about that all day. Um, what I want to talk to you about is, you know, you're speaking about all these different, you know, business ventures you've got in different places with charities and the West Coast. And for those of you who don't know, Chris Denman is, you're, you're from St. Louis, right? No. Well, okay. Oh. So to somebody from Cincinnati. Let's start from the beginning. <laughs> to somebody from Cincinnati, like you, you should, you could, you'd be like, ah, oh, you might as well. But like, I straight up like grew up, like I got thrown off a horse like three times before I was like six years old. So like. Oh, wow. I <laughs> I lived in <laughs> I grew up um I lived in Cape Girardeau, Missouri until I was like okay. right before right before kindergarten started and then I moved to Farmington, Missouri, which is an hour south of St. Louis. You've done some shows there and everything. So mm -hmm. Farmington's grown quite a bit, which believe it or not, like it's over like 20,000 people now or something, but when I first moved there yes. it was probably half the size. And like the super Walmart was just getting built in like 1989 and all that stuff. But yeah, I started kindergarten there, but I don't know. I had family in St. Louis. So, and it's an hour away. Um, I've lived in the city of St. Louis for about, I guess, uh, nine years total uh, with, and then like in Kansas, we can go through it, but Kansas city for a couple of years and all that good stuff. But I grew up in Farmington, Missouri, um, like literally like uh, with like eight dogs and 10 horses and all that good stuff. So Aww. yeah, pretty lucky, right? It's pretty cool. Yeah, that sounds great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I love dogs. I used to ride horses. So I got thrown off a couple of horses in my day as well. It's, and you it's just gotta crazy. get right back on. <laughs> I'm, I'm older than you. I mean, but like, I feel like the difference between like uh, mine and your like growing ups to like now I'm like, I what like would someone call child protective services if they saw like six year old me getting rocketed off a full size horse and like landing on my head? Like that happened. Like <laughs> Right, would, exactly. My parents were amazing, <laughs> still are. And I'm like, would that fly today? I don't know. I'm not sure how that how that works. I think maybe uh, it could spell trouble. But yeah, that's I grew up uh, an hour south. It explains so much. It's okay. Don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's cool. I know, right? Well, I, um, what I will say, we've both been thrown on the head, which is probably how we ended up doing podcasting and all these things, right? You know, well, like it, but... it affects impulsive decision making, and, uh, <laughs> and have that probably started my uh, trail down the old uh, CTE lane too. So yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. How did you, what I want to think hear from you is, you know, I, for me, you kind of know my background. I went to SLU, I was in theater and dance, and then I studied journalism in college. And it wasn't until I started really 
when I moved back here, being originally from Cincinnati, I was like, you know, maybe I'll I'll try this and kind of see where it goes. But what I really admire about you, and not just because we're standing here looking at each other, you know, with sure. no turning back now. Um, <laughs> I'll, cu- I'll <laughs> cut the feed if you're not say. nice. <laughs> exactly, right. I'll be like, let me talk about what I really want to talk about. But no, this isn't a tell-all. The, the, the point is this, is that what I really admire <laughs> Oh man, we've been in quarantine for too long. Yeah, right. Well, I, Molly's like, let's get some dirt. <laughs> let's get some dirt. I'm yeah. ready for the dirt. Ugh. I'm like, I'm ready for Chris Denman's autobiography. It's fine. Mm, it's bad but news. uh what I <laughs> bad news. Uh what I really appreciate about you is that you've really built built, excuse me, a, a really fantastic following. I love all the you what I, at least I've seen you've you've been branching out. You've got like a happy hour now. You've got like we are live on different dates and everything. And I love all the guests that you bring on. Everybody's really interesting, whether they're local, whether they're national people visiting our city. Uh, You really give St. Louis a foundation about what is going on in their area, which is great. So was this something that you always wanted to do? Was this something that you fell into? How did you kind of get into the broadcasting arena? Yeah, what, pr- what, what path? <laughs> it's, it's honestly, it's pretty crazy. Like, um, I, I worked, uh, I went to school and like, I wanted to do, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I worked at a brewery and like, I loved the independence of that. Like it was a, it's this brewery in Columbia, Missouri that, um, started when there really were no brew pubs and all that stuff. And somehow they made it through. And then I started working there right whenever craft beer kind of blew up. So I ended up working there like five years. And then eventually it was like, I'm bartending and managing in a college town and it's super fun, but, uh, I kind of was like, all right, let's, I guess I'll get into sales. And I took pretty naturally to that and, uh, and did well enough. Yeah, Mm -hmm. sure. And did well enough. And, um, did enough to where you move up and then you get other opportunities. And I was working for a company based in Houston, but I had moved to Kansas City. So I'd fly down there like once a month and then I would work remote most of the time. And I was always listening to podcasts. That was always just something I was into, um, just like weird, like talk radio. And I've always been into comedy stuff. And like 2009, I really got into listening to podcasts. Uh, Adam Carolla jumped over whenever he left CBS Radio. Got into Marin around the same time because Corolla was mm-hmm. talking about Marin's Gallagher interview. And I was like, I need to check this guy out. Oh, I remember him from Conan. Joe Rogan was kicking things off back then. So that was mm-hmm. kind of a, a, a thing. But I also used to listen to Loveline uh, with Dr. Drew and Adam Corolla. It was this nationally syndicated radio show that was super oh, entertaining. Wow. Yeah. And they'd have mm-hmm. bands on and it was based on K-Rock in L.A. So that's probably where it was. I, I listened to like Bob and Tom when I was a kid with, with my dad oh, too. Of For mm-hmm. sure. So... Uh, the actual business of getting into broadcasting, I was listening to this, uh, I listened to Adam Carolla and I would always just pay attention to like the business stuff they would talk about. And I was like, oh, that's how they do that. That's how they do that. And I had started my own kind of outsourced sales and marketing company and doing new business development for like tech companies. And I'm like, oh, this is awful and I hate it. But I was at least kind of working for myself because if you're in sales, even if you're an executive vice president, like you're only as good as like the person ahead of you and like your numbers and all that stuff. Nobody cares about you. So that that got pretty old after a sales career. And I was looking and, and I was listening to Corolla all the time. And I was just thinking podcasts was super interesting and all the, and it was growing and growing and growing. And I just saw it as something as, that was cool. 
Flash forward a little bit. I moved back to St. Louis. I'm listening to, uh, there's a radio show called The Morning After. It's on uh, 590 now at the time. It's been, yeah. through some, it's, it's really super mm -hmm. successful for the level it is. And mm -hmm. I would always pay attention to that. I'm like, oh, they've kind of got like a podcast feel to this AM morning radio show because it's, the guy who runs it, Tim McKernan, like obviously and yeah. speaks out about being a, a Howard Stern fan. So Howard Stern, somebody I listen to. Um, but once, let's wrap this up. But uh, basically, yeah, this is I, great. I, I, I thought it was interesting, but I was, you know, 30 at the time. And I always joked around and goofed around. I was like, ah, I do a podcast or some kind of stand up. And I always talked about like, oh, I should go do comedy, whatever. The Basically out of fear or out of like, some form of practicality i was like i talked to travis uh who started we are live with me and i was like hey you know we should actually do a podcast but nobody's coming to my living room that i actually want to talk to um and nobody's taking it serious <laughs> <laughs> you know we're nobodies so and yeah. <laughs> and and on top of that i had like seen people that i and interacted with people at this time that were doing it and i was like okay maybe there's a smaller version of that and i can help grow it and I figured out, I was like, okay, I could sell advertising if I was part of a radio show, right? So I got together with Travis and we had had this idea and we kind of put it together. And I was like, I bet I can sell advertising for this thing that's on CBS radio. We had never done radio. We went and started practicing in the public library, putting this thing together. And um, before we ever had a show, we had sponsors. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, yes. And like our first um, five or six guests, like we did not deserve the guests that we had. And it was all because I wrote emails for for my sales work, right? Like I wrote emails, yeah. I knew how to do stuff and I knew how to put the right people together. So we got a shot and we paid for time in the evenings on, uh, it was at the time CBS Sports 920, but it was a CBS, there was CBS on that. That's got credibility. And mm -hmm. that's kind of how we kick things off. And then it just kind of, it's had its ups and downs since, but there's been some sort of forward momentum um, the whole time. And that was not quite, I think five years will be in October. Gotcha. So that was, yeah. So that's just kind of the general overview and I'm trying not to be too boring about it, but no, that's, how, that's what led me to great. it. Mm -hmm. I, I like hearing the buildup of it just because I feel like a lot of people get a little nervous to talk about that, which is why, I mean, you know, you've, see me do stuff here like i like hearing how people got to where they are because it's never easy mm -hmm. it's always work oh like i feel like yeah like a lot of people we kind of talked about this with rafe and you know we talked about like how some people are just about the fame and not about the craft and what mm. they're doing you know um but i what i think about you is that you know you're getting all these sponsors you're doing all these things you're doing all this development work um how do you feel that the growth has been from the beginning until now are you happy with the way things have gone yeah for sure so i mean mm -hmm. we've made changes along the way there have been some huge ups and massive downs like it's scary and that's what like it's weird being brought like Within six months of being on the radio, like our evening radio show like had better numbers than like the afternoon shows and stuff. We had interesting people coming on. It was cool. But you know, what I learned and what I kind of knew from sales already was if you don't have advertising, you don't have a show. And that's what right. like journalism, you're a journalism student. Like you weren't taught that. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. Mm -hmm. Everybody thinks their perspective means something. I didn't go to school for journalism. I didn't graduate from for journalism or anything. And it just, it's mm -hmm. one of those things where I guess it was a weird thing. I was, I could talk well enough and I had this weird, you know, obsession with interviewing and all that other stuff. So it kind of worked out, but 
Yeah, for where we're at right now, it's still a huge uphill battle, and I've made major changes to how I operate and how uh, I've surrounded myself with really good people. They've surrounded me, whatever you want to say or however you want to put it with sure. Midcoast Media. Yeah, so it's not just, I didn't, like, radio's weird. Like, you do you, I had to ask myself, like, in St. Louis, there's a huge FM morning show. Uh, what are they, Rizzuto? And I, I remember just saying straight up, like, do you want to be Rizzuto? Like, that's not what you want to do. Like, you want to maybe look into more like creative things. Like, I don't have time to go do stand up six nights a week and get good at that. That's not happening. So, the production of things, putting things together, coming up with concepts, live events, things like that, where I can still flex a little bit of creativity, but really my skill sets and like putting that together. And along the way, I think I got pretty okay at interviewing people. So, that's entertaining in itself. So, I don't know. It, yes, I'm, I'm super happy and I'm super lucky to be surrounded by really, really sound business professionals now with uh, Midcoast Media. We're super strict about how we do things. So it's something you have to learn and you learn it the hard way too. And it's been like several times where you're just like, I don't, maybe this will keep going tomorrow. I don't know. But now where we're at, I mean, sans pandemic, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just really, really lucky that we have the studio and that we have some opportunities and I don't know, some really smart people support us. So that's a that's yeah. a really positive thing, right? Well, totally. Well, you know I love working with you. So yeah. that's an opinion right there that we all need. That's all we <laughs> need. That's right. All we need is what Molly's thinking. What, uh, what I will say too is that you're also known for, you also, now does Midcoast, they're a part of the shows that you produce like down in Sophie's or at the- Anything. Um, so now- yeah, yeah, yeah. So now anything we do, um, so we had the really fun Southtown, uh, Southtown Pub comedy show before that went away. Um, we did the Sophie's Happiest Hour series, which was like kind of a weird concept, but it ended up working and it was growing. Yeah. And people were like the folks here at the Cranesburg Arts Foundation were excited. They were extending it. We were going to keep pushing forward and kind of figuring out like best use as far. It was an early comedy show, which was a weird mm -hmm. concept anyway, but... Um, yeah, so anything that we do or We Are Live does, Midcoast is backing that. Or it's, So We Are sure. Live is part of Midcoast. So yeah, anything we do. And we had aspirations for bigger shows and stuff too that now we're like, I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, I feel like that's what everybody's going through is that, you know, I even had kind of like a timeline of things I wanted to talk about. You know, I had talked to you about doing like a live Casually Molly show and whatnot. And a lot has been kind of just put on hold for right now. Mm -hmm. And I feel like anybody, especially people who are like us or around there in the creative world are starting to come up with like alternate alternative ways, excuse me, to make work happen and do things. Yeah, so I'm yeah. always, yeah, I'm very grateful that we have, you know, VMix here <laughs> to do stuff with, which is awesome. Right. Uh, you know, and I know a lot of people are pushing into the virtual world as well. Uh, what I will ask you is, you know, you're on, you do Facebook, you've got YouTube, you've got all these things. Uh, between all the networks that you've been doing, what has been, who has been one of your favorite guests that you've uh, interviewed, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah. If, I mean, not to offend anybody that may not be the favorite, you know, oh, but. Whatever. Like anybody cares. <laughs> <laughs> like anybody cares. Here's what happens. No one cares until they see something directly in front of their face that they want. And they're like, hey, why didn't you do that with me? I'm like, I don't know. Why didn't you, why didn't you subscribe? Why didn't you hit share? Why didn't you review the show till it helped you? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Well, it pops out. So I mentioned, I'll, I'll just be a, a coward about it and mention a few. Uh, okay. <laughs> and, then and if you Here put a gun in my head. Yeah, right. Uh, so when we first started out, um, we got to do some interviews we shouldn't have got to do because I knew how to ask. And the first time I interviewed Adam Carolla on the phone, I was like, holy cow, we've done it by God. And that actually ended up leading to us getting to do like a big live show with him at the pageant. It was like crazy. So, uh, so that was like a big one. And at that point, um, I was literally like, oh, I can just stop now. Like, this is all I really wanted to do was just like be on the level with this guy. But no, so I'd always remember that. But like Jake the Snake actually pops out, uh, the, the wrestler from the 80s and 90s. Yeah. He got really, really introspective. He's a guy who's gotten sober, kind of fixed his life after some horrific things happened. We did a phone interview with him on the radio show that really sticks out. Um, boy, there's one that sticks out too. My friend Lorenzo Williams played football at the University of Missouri, played in the NFL for a bit. During the, I don't know, do you remember whenever there were protests at Mizzou? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was really like divisive, right? It's like black players uh, supporting this and all that, whatever. So it was myself, Travis, and Lorenzo. We just had a conversation. Ended up making it to the New York Times. And we were... Wow. Yeah. Okay. And we were, we'd been mm -hmm. um, on the radio for three months at that point. Yeah. So I was like, yes. holy cow, people are... <laughs> whoa, this is crazy. So that sticks out. But like, man, it, it's really, honestly, it's super tough to kind of isolate one you, you connect yeah. with people and you have these great conversations and it's like, okay, well, is it great because you developed a relationship with the person afterwards, right? Like you, you can still count on each other, do all those things. In the moment, it, there's so many of them at this point. Like we did a, a show for three hours a day for three years on the radio and then mm -hmm. plus podcasts and all these other things. There's a bunch that are really, it's just really tough to do that. But Jake the Snake always stands out, and that's a really weird one too because, you know, whenever you have somebody's action figure when you're a child, uh, you having like a really meaningful, heartfelt conversation with them is uh, is interesting too. It's it's a yeah. weird place to be. So, yeah. It's kind of cool though. Yeah, it's like world, like world circle. That's it. Everything comes full circle. Excuse me. <laughs> it's all right. you're, you've been hammered since you got off work, I'm sure. I know everybody like, you know, I was actually talking about that today because everybody like when I'm giggling, we talked about this laughing and giggling mm -hmm. and somebody called and they were making like they were canceling a reservation at the hotel and they were like, yeah, when I laugh, people just think that I'm just drunk all the time, I guess. And I, <laughs> and I was like, you know, ma'am, I can't even default you for telling me this on the phone because I too have that issue sometimes. So That's it's okay. so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Man, and that, gosh, I'm. this is so tough too, like going back on this, like trying to think about, we did a, an interview with Tim Meadows uh, from Saturday oh, Night Live. Yeah. And mm -hmm. like that sticks out because he had done four or five interviews. So a lot of times you get people, they come in and they're just like, another conversation with somebody's going to ask me a bunch of dumb questions. Sure. Tim was super mm -hmm. thoughtful and he was like, and he paused after we were done off camera and everything. He was like, it was really good. And he was like just very earnest Aww. about it. Like, yeah. So that that's up there too. But yeah, there's a there's quite a few, but great question. I love all of these. No, that's I I always ask that just because I feel like everybody has different interviewing styles. Everybody has different um not purposes, but I guess like different avenues they want their podcast to go down. So it's a, it's always interesting if I see somebody that has a podcast, I always like to ask them like, who have you liked like having on, you know? Yeah. Um what I'll yeah, what I'll ask you too is 
what is like something that here's the thing, especially when we're in quarantine, that's a, that's a joke that goes around on Facebook, Instagram, all of that. Like everybody's like starting a podcast, right? So for those of people who are even just genuinely interested, which is true, uh, what is some advice that you could maybe pass forward to people who want to kind of get into that, like, you know, broadcasting it, growing it? Uh, I know it's kind of a general question, but what is something at the top of your head that you think people should know? Uh, just number one, like, and this is so, it seems so simple, but nobody follows it. Just like try and have some semblance of, of, uh, consistency. And I mean, yeah. listen, that doesn't mean you flip shit if it's an hour late to getting posted, but keep it within a day, keep it within, you know, if you're doing something and you're building it, like make like people, we're all habitual, right? And you're up against like, this is just like comedy. I always feel bad for, for you standups where, you're not getting judged against their coworkers, which are infinitely less funny or skilled than any starting stand-up comic. You're judged that they saw Dave Chappelle on Netflix and they think it's the same fucking thing. So, <laughs> so right. yeah. with podcasts, if you're doing the same thing, you have to at least just do what you can to control consistency. And then it doesn't have to be perfect, but just as someone who... We had a studio and our equipment wasn't performing up to its capability until recently. And that's fine. That happens. It doesn't have to be perfect. But listening experience, like if you have a long-form podcast, people are standing around listening to you just talk. So if you're into the mic, if you're making noise, if you're clanking glasses, people don't like that. So just know what you're trying to do and then be consistent with it. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. I um, I think there's a lot of like, you know, sometimes people are talking about formatting or free form. So I appreciate you hitting the nail on the head with that. Well, there's um, no, there's about, no perfect way yeah. too. like, yeah, your, that's your shows, thing. your show has changed. You get better. You, you add things in, you come up with that. So there's evolution to it and there's always going to be that. But yeah, if you can just kind of figure out and make sure you enjoy it, like that's, that's yeah. super easy here. Like we, we change things up to where, it's just kind of me hosting the show now. And we were doing two hours a day with a, with a producer that was a huge part of it. I'm still great friends with Chris and Travis. Oh, and, of course, yeah. but like towards the end, like there was no doubt that we were all just kind of like, this is a lot, <laughs> you know, and it wasn't yeah. something that everyone was super passionate about anymore. So you make changes. You make lots of things. And like, yeah, I love that you, again, I love that you hit on evolution of things. Cause I feel like, you know, formatting things always changes, you know, like, you know, your semblance and the way you put things together have always changed. Um, do you have any, I mean, you just talked about some changes that you made now, but, you know, we are in quarantine, we are kind of like, you know, again, like we touched on changing things in a virtual format. Do you have any exciting things that are coming up on We Are Live that you want us to know about? <laughs> Uh, so uh, this will be out Sunday, so you'll have missed it, but you can go back and see it. I'm doing a live stream Saturday with my, uh, my new pal, Katie Tupin. Uh, oh, I love her. Yeah. yeah she's I follow talented. her on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I she's do. A, she's a talented musician that I'm laugh at her. I'm like, she, um, so we've become buddies through all this. She's been on the show before, but then that was more mm -hmm. just like interviewee, interviewer. And then, but we've become buddies and, uh, she's been on Letterman and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like no what? Video. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, she's great, but no, we're doing a thing with her. And then a comedian who's been on Corden, Lisa Best, is like one of her really good friends. And we're gonna do just like a live stream podcast this Saturday. Um, 
as far as like bigger things, like uh, I've really enjoyed, and I've always wanted to do this, but I just find musicians' management to be really annoying to deal with a lot of times mm -hmm. as compared to comics who uh, their management are like, okay, get out there, do these interviews. So we've been doing the virtual happy hour every Thursday. And as part of that, we made it just like a more of a variety show style of thing where you make cocktails. Uh, I was like, of course, I'm going to interview an interesting guest. And then we have a musical guest. So that's kind of sparked up some interest with me. So I'm, I'll just say this. I'm looking at some a regular weekly like virtual interview. We did this with the singer from Future Birds a few weeks ago where I just mm -hmm. interviewed him and he played like four songs and it was fantastic. So I'd like to get more into that and I want to handpick the artists and I want it to still be like a, a cool, relaxed feel. Like I don't want it to be radio-y. I'm not trying to do that. But if you can have people that are, <laughs> not all musicians are <laughs> interesting. That's another part too. Like at least comics can fake being interesting. A lot of musicians just kind of like look tough on a mic and, you know, they've got good <laughs> vocals. That doesn't mean that they're good interviews. So I'm going to, I'd like to, I think soon we'll have some pretty cool news in regards to a weekly feature on We Are Live as far as musicians go. So that's really fun for me anyways. Yeah, no, it does sound exciting. I didn't even think of like, you know, kind of like interviewing different people and, you know, seeing kind of like who's got a handle on it and whatnot. But I love the idea of virtual happy hour. Like, it's, I think that's a really, really good idea. It's, mm -hmm. it's cool. It's the power of calling something um, mm -hmm. by a, a name like, Listen, we make drinks, we chat, and then we have a comedic guest usually. Or like yesterday, we had Stephen Hale from Schlafly. Wonderful interview, oh, by the way. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry I missed it. I'm going to have to watch it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Really a, a very good interview. And I was like, Stephen, you dog you. You're, you're, mm -hmm. you. you're doing it right. And then you have music, which to me, I don't know if I'm lazy or lacking self-confidence or what, but I'm like, that's just a podcast. Like, what is, what is that? Why yeah. do we, whatever. But you call it a virtual happy hour. You're deliberate in the fact that you make cocktails. You switch it up. It's a little more fast-paced built for a stream. And it's not just a podcast. I'm wrong. <laughs> but to me, <laughs> I'm just like, no, it's just, it's almost like, a, yeah, it's like kind of a modern-day variety show. And it's something that is a little longer form. If it was on, you know, network TV, it would be 22 minutes long and really chopped up. But... We get to talk. There's still a longer form conversation and it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. So if I can keep doing things like that, that people actually care about and it grows, then I'm not sure what else I would want, you know, like that's, yeah. that's the goal. That it sounds, look, sounds like you got some great goals going on. Um, <laughs> do you have a, I mean, we talked about your good stories, who you've been interviewing, what we have coming up. Did you ever have kind of like a crazy story? You don't have to mention names. But, I'll drop names. Uh, did you ever <laughs> care? Did you ever have any interviews where something maybe didn't go quite as planned? You know, we all have a podcast guest um, where maybe things didn't go, or a radio guest, or maybe something mm -hmm. happened while you were live. Uh, what's something that you've had to kind of like handle just in the moment that you Ugh. didn't? You know, you were that wasn't you didn't think it was going to happen in the first place, but we all so the, we all have it. It happens. <laughs> The funniest one, and I'm forgetting his name. Um, oh my gosh, he's crazy. Um, he's a baseball player for the Phillies and hmm, Lenny Dykstra. Like if you look him up, like he's a, he's an insane person. Like he's he's mm -hmm. and and I don't and I say that uh, he's he's got issues. I once filled in on a morning show on the morning after. It was myself, Travis Terrell, and Doug Vaughn, who's on KMOV, and then he's a co-anchor mm -hmm. on this morning show. 
and we had Lenny Dykstra on. He, I guess he had a book out or something. And he's scammed people out of money. He's been known to do a lot of cocaine, drugs, all this stuff. And he was totally out of it sounding blah, 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 on the interview. And it's, you know, 7.40 a.m. on the in Central Time. And I go... And I was like, I'll, I'll handle this. I'll bring it back around. I'll be uh, Mr. Uh, sure. Mr. Charming here. So I go, uh, Lenny, I have no idea. And I didn't. And I didn't prep this or anything else. I was like, hey, I have no idea if you're even aware of this. But the age I am, I grew up watching a show called Boy Meets World. And you were one of the characters were obsessed with you. There was all, they were always excited. Was this ever brought to your attention? And do you find, you know, what, what did that mean to you? He goes, uh, what? <laughs> you know, he's like, <laughs> lose it. He's like, like, like I was an idiot for asking it. And Doug and Travis just like, look at me like, what you got, partner? <laughs> and I just go, and I completely, I bail. And I just go, the book. And I plugged his book and got him off the phone. And uh, yeah, that was me trying to tightrope walk and be Mr. Cool. And it, it worked out, but... Um, that happened, and then I had something that I actually had to cut from an interview that I recovered from. Okay, I had made a mistake about who a comic dated, and the comic was a woman, and she dated a woman that I still argue looks very much like another woman, <laughs> but it looked really shitty because it was coming from me. I'm like, oh, do all women comics who date other women look the same? So there was that and that. And then just uh, the worst is technical issues because that's that's just like super frustrating, but it's something you deal with. But yeah, there's been issues like that. But um, I remember a comic came on one time and didn't break character from something I didn't find to be very funny. And it went on for like 27 minutes instead of like well, that's seven. <laughs> that sucked. Yeah. And I liked the comic too, but it was just terrible radio. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I mean... There was one comic, I always say this, like, because we have so many comics on, in, like, almost five years of interviewing comics, like, there have been two that I've been displeased with. That's really good when you interview a bunch. Yeah, uh-huh. But that guy was kind of pouty, and I was like, that wasn't the best, but it still wasn't terrible, and he wasn't mean. And then he came back, and it was Tony Hinchcliffe, and he came on, and he came back on the show, and it was just me and him one-on-one, -on -one, and I was like, oh, we're, like, best buddies now. That was great. So, you know, always be aware of what's going on with other people too. Who knows? You know, maybe he was yeah. supposed to be in this hotel. But yeah, those are some memories. Yeah. Oh, I love I love those stories. I think <laughs> I feel because, you know, I've been, you know me, I have a theater background and there was definitely times where, you know, like just like when you're on live and you're behind the microphone, when you're on stage and you're trying to do stuff, you know, yeah. you, you get kind of caught off guard. Things happen. When I was directing, I remember one time, um, I was directing a show and we did it. I think I told you about this. We did, it was a play called Old Wounds in the Moonrise Hotel and the Betty Grable suite was very cool. So I packed like 25 people in a room and it like looked over the city, which was kind of awesome. But one night I oversold too many tickets. So I had like maybe 35, 40 mm. people and this tiny suite, it ended up working out because these are all like theater artists. So right. like, and I mean, I say it as a joke, like we're like, oh, we'll just sit on the wall. We'll sit on the mantle. We'll sit on the couch. Like right. we don't care. But it was, uh, 
it was hilarious because poor Kara, she comes in to do what we did was we had her preset on the bed. So people would be hanging up their jackets and stuff. And she's just like sitting there reading. So she was maybe just expecting like a small audience. She comes out and like everybody's on top of each other. It was like oh, getting to the boy. point where so like this one lady was like pregnant and she goes, Oh, I'm part of the show. Like right as the show oh, starts fun. and it's a drama. <laughs> So she just like has her legs out. She's like, this is, I got to tell my husband, like, I'm like eight months pregnant and out of play and like, go me. <laughs> and she no. was having the time of her life. Good for like, her. I mean, Good for her. Like, I was so happy. It was hilarious, but it wasn't, I mean, it's not like a bad story by any means, but it's I like hearing of these ladies just in the front, just memorable. And like anytime they were having like a, um, a dramatic meeting basically because they both like were remarried and then this was like a dinner to kind of um like put closure to certain things mm -hmm. so anytime like brian would say something or Kara would some say something all these ladies were like wait what how is this and like the table's right here <laughs> but you know what they had a great time we had snack and observes in the front so that's awesome you know, what are you gonna do about it so have you you ho you host a lot of comedy shows and you're you're a professional you're you're theater I, ha I was th I was thinking of something else because you get into these conversations and sometimes you just get guests loaded in that you don't really want to have on, but it is what it is. And you're like, well, it'll kill some time. Have you ever forgotten, whether it be on stage or something else, have you ever forgotten somebody's name? Oh, so I haven't had that, like, like I've never had that horror when hosting, thankfully. Mm. Uh, now I will say I hosted a piano competition once, Small World. Mm. got paid to do that nice. and everybody was from all over the world which was fantastic but like the problem was i kept like mis like mispronouncing i was like what is it what's the name yeah. of it and then i would study it remember it and then i would get out there and be like oh my god and then like luckily i would click onto it but i've never had thankfully now i say this i said something like this the last time i was on a podcast talking about casually molly and then it ended up happening so now i'm going to be sitting here with you saying oh i've never had a problem with people's names and like every time i host it's just perfect <laughs> it'll it'll happen it's i think it's it'll just happen. more like just roll with it but it did suck yeah. um like the on stage like whatever you bring somebody up and it is what it is yeah. but yeah <laughs> during an interview and you and you know you've got 15 20 more minutes left with them and you just like straight up blank like that that was not fun so do oh, your homework dang. do your homework I, <laughs> I was about to say i was like i can't even imagine chris like what i will give to you is you're very smooth when you interview so if you ever had an issue i would have never known so i i Good yeah <laughs> thank you I, I thank you for the compliment yeah it is you there's just no point in there's no point in giving in to that situation because the people that are watching care. So they're going to be along for the ride with you and enough people that are able to tune into a podcast or a video stream. Like they're familiar with the mm -hmm. idea that this isn't network TV and yeah. things can happen. So there's no point in freaking out about it. So you just, you have to roll with it or tank the whole thing, throw a fit, go ahead. Maybe that'll work for you. <laughs> but I just think that it makes sense to just roll with it. Like, I don't think I blank necessarily on, like, on names, but I do blank on, like, if I have a thought, I'll be, like, going on a long tangent, mm. and then I get stuck in the middle of the thought, and I'm like, I'm so sorry. Where, where is I going with this? It happens. <laughs> I have no idea. I've tried <laughs> but to... people say that happens, so... No, it does, and it's, it's one of those things, if you talk enough, that you'll realize, like, it's a habit, just like anything else, yeah. and you can get rid of it. Like, that... 
I jokingly, like with Travis and I, we had this thing where it's like, well, me interrupting him is part of the bit, right? Like that's just, I'm going to jump in fast. But then you realize you're like, you're always interrupting and it's not good and it's not fun. So you change it up and you try and be a little more, uh, I guess, thoughtful about how you uh, you talk and do those things. So yeah, it, and that could be a thing too. Recently, I've been saying, uh, love that or appreciate that too much. Well, I'm, so I got to delete that. You know what I mean? Like you have these phrases that you, always, that. that you always lean on. <laughs> not like that, you asshole. Now I just really want to hear you say love that because that like, you know how we have that thing where we set those gifts and you're like, I'm dead inside and I have like the coffee mug. I'm like, good morning. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> so now I just really want to hear you happily go love that. <laughs> it's a crutch. It's the same thing as like, as like whenever somebody does something where you're just like, oh my gosh, I caught myself saying it like three times a show going like, I appreciate that about you and it's kind of funny in the right situation but then you're also like that's the third time you've said that stop it right i know <laughs> use your words my crutch is precisely like i'm like precisely it right? happens <laughs> it does it absolutely and I'm like, who happens. talks like this like what am i in the victorian era like precisely like i don't i i don't even know like i i'm done now i will say now i don't know how you are like how how do your friends why I bring this up, there's like a reason. This is going to be kind of a, not a strange question, but like kind of random. So for your friends who aren't as familiar with the creative or like production scene the way you are, what do they think about you having a podcast? How do they feel about it? I think most don't know like what's going on. Like they're like, you mm -hmm. pop up on, this happened. One of my uh, childhood friends, I talked to him the other day and he's super busy. He owns like, um, a bunch of Domino's franchises and he has a family and all this stuff and he's into comedy and, and like podcasts and stuff like that. So it's not out of the realm for him to listen to stuff. But he hasn't been able yeah. to tune in and he hasn't caught up. Midcoast media is like a little over a year old. There's way more to what we do than just me jumping on. He's like, I don't know what you do. I just see you on Facebook sometimes talking to funny people. I'm like, that's a fair assessment. Like, yeah. Okay. Uh, so like my closest friends, I think they think it's cool. I would say like the majority of people think it's probably horseshit. Like they probably, <laughs> they probably think like, look at this fucking idiot. Like what's he doing with his life? Like that's probably what people think. Cause I don't expect them to know everything that's going on. Like you see me, you know, goofing around for an hour or whatever else, but then you don't see me like emailing sponsors, having meetings, dealing with all kinds of different stuff. So it's just kind of like everything. It's just a little more noticeable because we'll have Sinbad in, <laughs> right? Yeah, and you're like, yeah. and you're like, okay, well, okay. So like, are you a comic now? Like, no. Okay. Like people don't understand, like normal people that like go clock in don't always think that there's a process to things like, oh, cool. So you host like a show at a bar. Well, yeah, and brands sponsor and comics, you know, make a little money from it and it grows and you do this and that. So, uh, yeah, if I had to guess, I would think that most people are like, oh, he does the thing. And, you know, I, probably not much else. Like, that's what I would probably think that people would think of me. And the reason I think that is because even at the highest levels, you see it happen. Um, like, I was just joking, laughing about my friend uh, Katie doing Letterman. She was part of a number one hit, a Billboard number one hit. Um, or like comics, my friend Ian, um, was on last comic standing. He's been in movies. He's one of the funniest people on the planet. Like Bill Burr, it, like, it's like, I don't know if I want to follow that guy. 
people just, they're just like, what have you done for me lately? And what have you done for me like right now? So it's, it's a, people are really strange, but that's probably a very negative way that I'm uh, thinking that people <laughs> think of me. But. Well, the only reason I brought that up was because I was talking about this the other day with my mom, actually, who loves you, by the oh, way. Oh, I love her. She loved the stream. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, Chris is so nice. I can't wait to meet him in person. And I was oh, like, Oh, I love right, that. Mom. I have a great relationship with my parents and uh, and family, too. Mm -hmm. So, like, I love that. And yeah. I'm sure your mom's a delight. So we'll have to have uh, non-quarantine drinks whenever she comes down. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, well, see, that's the thing. Like, you know, since I can't go back to Cincinnati, like, and they're not really computer ever. literate. Yeah, like, ever. Like, for the longest time, I'm like, sorry, guys. And my right. mom's like. Has nothing to do with quarantine. No, just can't. Just, just can't. Just, just don't even and I won't like talk about it. Really. And I won't talk about it. So stop <laughs> I asking. I feelings, okay? <laughs> I need to just be at home by myself and just look at these walls and think about it. But um, yeah, no, like, you know, and I, I don't know how you grew up. Like, I was, I think I maybe told you this. I was from a blended family. And most people were uh, in sports and they had kind of like careers and like regular jobs. And I was like that weird kid that came later in life. And it's not that my siblings were upset by any means, but I was always just doing like artistic things. And when I started doing comedy, everybody's like, oh, Molly's just like trying something like who knows where this is going to go. And then when I started doing podcasting, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do with it. And I think that kind of transcended over to my family and friends. They're like, well, what do you mean? Like you can't go out and do something. I'm like, well, I'm just working on my podcast tonight, trying to get right. it on streaming services, which for me, I'm sure for you, it didn't take very long, but for me, I was like sitting by myself in my apartment and I'm like, why won't iTunes accept my feed? Like, Molly, like the, I got, like you got started podcasting. Like I started with a radio show that was part of a radio station that, and I'm not dogging them for this, but like, that's why I try and be helpful with people that come to Midcoast and use our studio and things like that. And mm -hmm. I, no one told me like, Hey, you should do this. Hey, you should do that. They're like, good luck. Like pay, yeah. pay, pay the bill and good luck. So no, I for sure did that. I told like practice in the public library. And I remember the guy, they have a really good media center. I lived downtown yeah. at the time. Uh, they have a really good media center. I remember the guy running it. He's like, you, you guys are like good. And I was like, yeah, sure hope so. And Thank he was you. like, oh, <laughs> he was like, why? And and good is a very relative term for whatever. But he was like, oh, why do you say we better be? I'm like, oh, we start on CBS radio next week. <laughs> right. So we which, better be good at what we're doing right now. <laughs> yeah. Which, man, when we first started, we were so bad. And then you could still argue that it's not that great. But... <laughs> Well, I think, you know, I, I, I'm a fan. I, I actually like the interviews just because I, I like kind of like listening to people's stories. I've always been somebody that's interested in human interest pieces, Same. but I totally get what you're saying when people are just like, oh, that's nice. Like you just like talk to people and they think it's super easy. And then now I'm starting to have people be messaging me, just like people who just want to start podcasts, just whether it's for, and I'm obviously no expert, but they uh they'll be like oh my god how do you get on streaming services this is difficult and i'm like a little bit yeah <laughs> yeah it is yeah. and you want to be helpful too but like there's mm -hmm. also like when i talk to you about it like you're taking notes you have plans you obviously enjoy it like you're you're serious about it and that's the difference and it's one of those things where it's like this can be something you do with your phone at home where you rate TV dinners. Mm -hmm. Like that's a podcast too. Or 
you can put a little more effort into it and your hobby is can be something you make money off of, right? So that's what I kind of try and tell people that come in here. I'm just like, listen, um, people are interested enough. If your content's good enough and you pre- approach people the right way and you don't ask for much money, you might be able to get sponsored. So there's something yeah. to having structure to a creative um, endeavor like podcasting exactly. that people will support. So. Yeah, I love, see, I love that. And that, that makes me feel happy. What I will ask you at the end is what is, uh, what's like, what's one of your plans to help survive quarantine other than podcasting? What else, uh, (laughs) what else do you plan? I know we kind of talked about listening to podcasts, but, uh, have you been inspired to do anything? Not sleeping. There you go. Uh, I, I cut you off. Sorry. Go ahead. That was it. I was just like, you know, not sleeping, uh, have you like have you been interested in maybe I know a lot of people and I mean I can't really attest this I've read one book by Jen Kirkman that I've been wanting to finish and finally did but uh like is there anything just on the horizon yeah I I try I just my friend my best friend Dana in Tennessee does a lot of like audiobooks and so Mm -hmm. people tell me like it's kind of like because I'm in the situation as you where I'll work all day and then you know you're at home like doing certain things and you also have your dogs which is absolutely very cute. I got to meet them but um yeah like audiobooks and stuff do you ever see yourself maybe doing something like that like <laughs> putting putting one out oh uh, you could yeah I was about to say like would you be interested like do you do one <laughs> I don't know <laughs> but like, we are live are you gonna do an audiobook about your biography maybe I should maybe I should <laughs> maybe I should accomplish something worthwhile before that happens but it's, I love uh, that. I was about to say that. Absolutely. That's funny. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, no, I have honestly, like, when I say like I'm, I'm working, like I'm working Saturday, and that'll be precluded by things. Like, I'm so lucky to be so busy right now, and to make these, like, just to make ends meet and everything. And we were already a small company, which has a million hurdles itself. So. Um, I'll just say to to not skirt your question. I'll say like cooking has been fun. I love cooking. I already did, yeah. but like you put together something fun and then you and you you get to do that. But now I kind I miss. Uh, I like being able to hang out with my family. I haven't been able to do that. They only live like an hour yeah. away. Um, so I would love if I could say this happens. Say this goes till fall, right? Like this weird yeah. this weird balance that we're in right now. I need to, and I feel like I've been saying this for five years. At times in my life, I, I mean, I played sports and did uh, like martial arts and stuff like that. At times, I've been in extremely good shape and I love being in good shape. I really do. And I feel better. I love outdoor activities, playing sports. Like I played basketball for so long and mm-hmm. I need to tighten up the diet and like that needs to be my focus. Like I can read books and all that other stuff, but when you get busy, it's so easy to fall back on it. So that's my goal, but it's been my goal for five years. Um, so, <laughs> and, it's, and it's when you're tall too, I'm like a bigger guy. Like I can pack on weight, but I can lose it really fast too. So I think mm-hmm. in my head, I'm like, oh, you know, you'll pick it up. You could, you can, you'll be fine. So well, I need there's to. there's always karate. <laughs> Great. <you> go. Good thinking. <laughs> No, I think, uh, I think, yeah, focusing on, on that, but yeah, I've just been so consumed by everything that, uh, I haven't done anything kind of fun, like quirky quarantini, um, because I'm literally like just waking up, dealing with my dogs, coming here, falling asleep and yeah. You haven't become a master chef. What's wrong with you? I'm already a master chef. And put it on. Okay. <laughs> 
I always get in trouble with that. That's one thing we can end this, but I, Jimmy always laughs because here's, I own a crock pot. Okay. I have nothing against crock pot. Right. Exactly. So I don't want anybody that's watching this to be like, wow, like she hates crock pots or something. When I usually have a bajillion things a day, I'll put something in the crock pot. But what always annoys me is when I meet somebody and they're like, oh, I have a bunch of Crock-Pot recipes if you want to try them. And I'm like, and like Jimmy can like feel it from the side of me. Like, and then like social Molly, I'm just like, uh-huh, yeah, have a great day. <laughs> and my girlfriends are like, what do you have against Crock-Pot recipes? I'm like, I don't have anything against them. I just have, I'm against the people who do them that make themselves sound like they're Gordon Ramsay. You know what I mean? You dumped like, a bunch <laughs> of things in a bucket. Exactly. I'm like, what? Like, I did. I think I said something once to like on Instagram, and I was like, look, like, have fun with your cauldron. But I just like made this dinner old school style. Okay. I didn't need any help. I didn't need any of this. But uh, I know in quarantine, everybody's like suddenly becoming like a master of something. Um, So I don't know. Maybe that's going to (laughs) be. They think that they are, though. They're doing (laughs) it. They mostly are. (laughs) They're doing it for social media credit, and so their aunt thinks that they're staying busy. That's all they're doing. Oh, absolutely. Oh, totally. That's probably how my mom looks when she sees this podcast. She's like, "Oh, she's keeping busy." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my mom too. You you weren't you weren't drinking during Casual Molly, were you? No. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, I had a little, but it's all right. There wasn't really that much to be honest with you so i have to save some but uh where can you know now that we've chatted where are some of the best places that we can find chris denman because you have like five different social media pages as i recall from when we try to do our live streams there's a lot going on yeah um (laughs) tune in every thursday at four o'clock for now we're doing that virtual happy hour that's super fun but the best thing you can do subscribe on itunes rate review us do all that good stuff five stars only come on uh, oh yeah nice. only five stars right but yeah support us that way and uh if you see somebody sponsoring us buy their products that helps and uh and help out people like molly and our other podcasts and it's all one big happy family so yeah yes that's, that's one thing i like not not to interrupt you precisely but that's one thing i do love about all of this like i feel like uh, on a sentimental note i feel like our friendship has grown Denman, absolutely which is great so i'm so happy that I get to record with you and do all these cool things. Uh, speaking of cool things, if you could be a casually cool and subscribe to the Casually Molly podcast. I've rated, I've rated rating. the Casually Molly you podcast. Did. You did. I rated you too. So don't worry. We, did a, we did a mutual rate. Keep rating us. Um, and we also have a YouTube channel now too. Nice. Um, I know a lot of people have streamed or have shared the live stream with Rape, which is fantastic. But you can also find three of the other episodes on YouTube as well. And I, I can't wait, Chris, what are you going to do? What are you going to do now? What's your, what's your, what's your plan? I've got, (laughs) I've got to run a trivia live stream for the George Remus uh, King of the bootleggers, which you were such an amazing guest on. You did wonderfully. And I got so many compliments. I'm going to do that. Um, and I'm going to help with another podcast at our studio after this. (laughs) So I should be home around eight 30. Yeah. Oh, well, have fun. I'll let you go and get all your work done. But thanks again for sitting with me and spending your Friday afternoon with me. That's great. Absolutely. Thank (laughs) you, Molly. Keep up the great work.